0: So we're going to begin today. Uh, I'm going to begin with the uh, gospel. Peter, James, and John must have feel very special because uh, Jesus just chose them three and the rest of the apostles and disciples and wherever were left behind doing whatever. We really don't know what was going on. But Jesus has chosen Peter, James, and John for this special field trip, if you will. They're going to go hike up a mountain. And sure enough, uh, uh, up they go. Now, you've got to remember, Peter, James, and John, as well as the rest of the apostles, have been with Jesus for a while, and they've seen the miracles, and they've heard his teachings. So already they understand him to be a very holy and righteous man, Uh, somebody really chosen by God, rightly so. We would all think that, and so, therefore, that is their reasoning, and that's kind of how they've got Jesus kind of pegged, if you will and it seems logical to me as well. However, it's not quite true, because obviously when Peter, James, and John finally get up, and they get up to this mountaintop, I'm I'm assuming, uh, suddenly Jesus's uh, face shone like the sun, his clothes became dazzlingly white, Uh, Moses and Elijah show up, where did they come from? And then uh, then God from heaven. And it's rare that we hear God speak in the New Testament, but even God comes in and makes an appearance, God the Father, and says, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Now, this was quite an event. It's kind of probably a spooky event, kind of neat in one regards, but very frightening in another regard. And Peter, James, and John experienced the moment when they realized that their idea they had of Jesus has radically changed. They thought they had him figured out, but then he was transfigured, meaning that no, (laughs) this goes beyond your thinking. This goes way beyond who you think you thought Jesus was. And they had this religious experience which shook them out and said, no, Things are different. The person that you follow is holy and of God, but he is the son of God. Aha, now, that changes everything. And Peter, James, and John experienced it. Now, coming down the mountain, Jesus says to them, or no, actually what the uh, gospel says, Jesus charged them. Which means that, no, you keep this quiet. You do not speak of this until I rise from the dead. And the apostles will say, well, what does that mean? You know, we're not there yet. But they're thinking, okay, you know, we just experienced this one big thing. And now he's talking about rising from the dead. And we've got to keep, and now you've got to keep all of this quiet. I I wouldn't be, I would blab it myself. And, you know, or I may let it slip out a little bit. But Jesus wants it to be kept quiet. And I think there is something important about this. And we have to be aware of this. And it's very important for each and every one of us here. How do we describe to other people a religious event or something that we felt inside through prayer or whatever? How do we say say this to somebody without sounding totally crazy? I mean, here's what I mean. I've had religious experiences, and they've been very good and very deep, and I treasure them, treasure them. Yours, I'm not too sure about. When you say it, I'm not sure. You sound kind of nutty. You really do. When I say it, and it's happened to me, it is profound. When you say it, no, no, that just doesn't sound right. And so maybe this is what Jesus was asking. Just keep your mouth shut because no one's going to buy this. And so it's true. So if I was Peter, James, and John, I'd be flying high. I had a real good moment. Hey, we heard God the Father. You know, we're really grooving. And then you go down, and, you know, now if I switch gears and I was one of the people down below, I says, no way. I wouldn't believe a word that Peter, James, and John had said. All right. Enough of that. Abram. Abram, an old man with his wife, Sarah, no children. Poor thing. And so he feels kind of rejected by God. Sitting at home with his family. He's got a large family wherever, you know, wherever he's living is told through a vision go forth from the land of your kinsfolk to a land that I will lead you and I'm going to make you a great nation now we've heard this story a million times and we just breeze over it no wait a minute hold on let's all play the family so let's say Abram is from Columbia he's lived here his, uh, uh, for, for years and generations Columbia, Illinois and since Columbia you're a small town everybody knows everybody you know the whole family we know Abram's getting kind of old and Abram calls a family meeting and says I have a vision God came to me in a vision and I have to leave here and I'm going to California. Come on, you know how we'd all think. The old guy's crazy. And he might be. Because here's here's the important thing. No matter what situation you are in your life, no matter how you are, God can still talk to you. (laughs) So even if you are crazy, You know, God, you know, he is all-powerful. He can kind of get around that. And so poor Abram had it, and you know how that is. Can you imagine coming before your family and says, I have a vision from God, and I got to leave all of y'all. And I'm going somewhere else. Well, where are you going? I'm not quite sure God is going to lead me. We wouldn't believe a word of it. But thank God Abram did it. Because now we have the Jewish people, the father of the the Jewish religion. Here's the point I'm trying to make, obviously. Is that not only... Did Peter, James, and John experience this wonderful event and they saw the transfiguration of Jesus? They themselves, by participating in the event, were transfigured themselves. They changed. They had a religious experience that struck them to the core. And now their whole life has changed. Abram had a vision from God. And he, he accepted it as a vision from God, and it changed the course of history because they themselves were transfigured by this religious event. During Lent, during this time, we can be transfigured as well. We can become the body and blood of Christ, if you will, by what we say and do. We can be better people, and therefore transfigure ourselves into the figure of Christ. St. Paul to Timothy, beloved, Christ saved us and called us to a holy life, not according to our works, but according to his own design. So God says, I'm going to do it. So therein lies the good news. We can all experience this transfiguration. Now, here's the hard news, and this is important, very important. We have to be ready to accept that other people can be transfigured as well. So we have to accept and respect the strange occurrences that may happen to somebody So remember what I said, when I have a religious experience, it's profound. Now, I have to realize that other people can have profound religious experiences that are different than mine. Because God speaks to everyone differently and in his own way. And we have no control of that. Absolutely no say in that matter. So we expect, I mean, we respect our own transfiguration and then we should do the same for the other. That's the hard part. Because once again, sometimes we fall into the thinking that no, God only works this way, which really means my way. When we say God works this way, we're really meaning the way we want him to work. And we put God in into boundaries. And today we celebrate the transfiguration, which means God saying to us, (laughs) I have no boundaries. You cannot contain me. Don't even try. Just experience. Experience my love, experience who I am and allow other people to do it as well. And if we do that, we become better We respect other people and, in doing so, make the world a better place as well.